Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 19 of Coach Bennett's podcast. Just some great running advice. And this episode is about more than just some great running advice. In fact, I give you the complete details of my Chicago Marathon weekend. I didn't run. I did other stuff and had a great time. It was an epic weekend. We've got a mindset minute with Coach Tammy. We've got the mailbag, and we've got just some great running advice. It's not all my running advice. It's just some great running advice that I want to share with you. So let's just get started, shall we? And you see, just like that, episode 19 of Coach Bennett's podcast has begun some great advice for running or some running advice or some great running advice i don't know i'm not exactly sure what this is going to be called right now i probably in the intro gave you the exact name because that's actually recorded after i record the podcast so there's a little behind the scenes for you but i want to start here not with the behind the scenes stuff i want to start with my chicago marathon recap because guess where i was last week. I already gave you the answer. You should know this. Chicago. I was at the Chicago Marathon and what a weekend it was. First of all, a marathon weekend in a major city is always extraordinary and Chicago does it right. It is electric. It is eccentric. It is um, invigorating positive, powerful, so many good adjectives to use when talking about Marathon Weekend in Chicago. And I hadn't been back to Chicago. Well, I mean, I guess I should say I hadn't been in Chicago since, I want to say maybe 2019. We're talking four years. And I think it was actually 2018 was the last time I was there for the Chicago Marathon. So, you know, I'm not from Chicago, but it felt like a little bit of a homecoming. I was excited to get back for the marathon and get back to see what I consider one of the truly great cities on this planet. Talking about Chicago. So, let's talk a little bit about the weekend that was, and then we're going to get into some great advice for running. All right, I arrived Thursday night. And I, what, did I arrive Thursday night? Now I don't even remember. This was like five days ago and I can't remember. You know what? It was Friday. I arrived Friday night and I went straight from the airport to my hotel and then immediately checked in, dropped my bag, and then walked to Nike Chicago, which is on Michigan Avenue or it's just off Michigan Avenue. Again, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I found my way there. And right next to Nike Chicago, they've got the Nike Members Running Lab. And we were going to put on a Q&A. So I got in there, and I was just finding out basically as I was walking over who was going to be at the Q&A. And opening night 
was going to be 3K U.S. Indoor Champion and 2021 Olympic steeplechase finalist Val Konstein and 1984 U.S. Olympic marathoner, who just happened to be the winner of that marathon in 1984, which just happened to be the first women's Olympic marathon. You know who I'm talking about, Joan Benoit Samuelson. So I was pretty excited that I got to hang out with these two rock stars and kind of lead the Q&A between the two of them in front of a really great audience. We had an awesome time. It was a, a really fun way to kick off the weekend. And then afterwards, I got to meet 50, 60 really great athletes that had either come into town for the marathon and were racing or were there supporting friends or family or teammates that were racing or were just from Chicago and were in town because this is where they're from. And this weekend is, is you know, where the running world comes to them. So they were just enjoying the weekend by going to as many events as they could. So it was really great. It's always fun to meet people that I've run with through the app but have never met. And I, I don't know who it's more weird for. I don't know if it's more weird for them or for me because, you know, they've had this kind of relationship with my voice. But I also feel like I've had this great relationship with them through my coaching and through supporting them. So I feel in a lot of ways like I know all of you just as much as you know me, even though it may seem like it should only be a one-way kind of deal but it it honestly isn't so that was opening night which was fantastic and after that I was walking back to the hotel and I'm starving at this point the the trip from Portland to Chicago is a funky one depending on when you fly out because it's a four-hour flight and it's two hours ahead of schedule two hours ahead of schedule what am I talking about it's two hours ahead so on top of that I also had to go straight to an event. By the time I got back to my hotel, all I was thinking about was where I was going to eat, and I was starting to panic a little bit, and I look off on the block that my hotel's on, so I'm crossing the street to get on that block, and I look to the right, and I see this sign, this long, narrow, vertically rectangular sign, and I think, that's got to be an Italian place. It's probably a pizzeria, and it's and I'm, as I'm head, getting closer, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just get some pizza, something quick, and I'll go back to the hotel room. And when I get to the front door, it's a full-on Italian restaurant with a bar and everything. I thought it was just going to be a counter. I said, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to relax. So I sit down and I order spaghetti and meatballs. And I got to tell you, it was, first of all, piping hot, like so hot and they warned me they said it's really hot but you know when they say that I always think like you mean the bowl is hot first of all it was served in a bowl and not a plate which I gotta tell you I loved I thought that was great and there was a lot of it and I, I always put a ton of um, crushed red pepper and parmesan cheese on my pasta and I took the first bite and they were not lying they told me the truth it was hot really hot like burned my mouth a little bit and you have to you know, you keep the food in your mouth for a little bit and you're like, and you're just, you're trying to cool it off with your breath. So after that 
first bite, I chilled for about a minute or two, and then I dug in, and it was fantastic. And I thought, you know, I bet I find myself back here again. More on that later. Saturday morning started early. It was a 7 a.m. meet at Nike Chicago for a shakeout run. And a crowd really showed up for this, which was so much fun. I think we had maybe 250, 200 to 250 people at the shakeout run. And this was a lot of fun. Uh, We had guests there. Val Constein came back, which was awesome. And we had Jordan, formerly Hasse, now Hogan, who was third at Boston and third at Chicago in the same year, who came out to this, which was a lot of fun. And again, the excitement... And the positivity, the vibes, everything was coming together in such a positive way. And for one of the first times, I got to tell you, usually I'll get nervous if I'm speaking to other coaches or kids. I don't know what it is, but kids and coaches, okay, adults, I'm fine. It's not a big deal. But I got up to address everyone who came out before we were going to start running. I like to introduce the pacers that are with us. I like to introduce the athletes. I like to tell a little bit about the route and kind of the safety issues. And as I was about to talk, suddenly like a hundred cameras, phones basically just popped up. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm being recorded, which doesn't change what I'm going to say. But it was just one of those moments where I got a little flurry And I think it was because I wanted to make sure that everyone got the message I thought they deserved. And I got a little nervous because I realized just how important this weekend is to so many people. I know how much work everyone has done to get to this weekend. And I just wanted to make sure that they heard from me, one, how proud I was of all of them, two, how badass they are for getting here, And three, that they should be celebrating this entire weekend. They made it. So there was just a little flurry of butterflies, which I think are awesome. You know, I I think you should get some butterflies every single day of your life. I think it just means that you're having a life fully lived if you've got those butterflies getting stirred up inside you every single day. Now, the shakeout was great. It ended at the park. We ran along the lake uh, it was just so much fun, and I was unprepared for the waves that happen in the lake. I mean, these were legitimate waves, and they were crashing along where we were running, so much so that we actually had to skirt away a number of times on the run, or you would get nailed by some of these waves, which was epic. I did not know this existed along the lakefront. So, that was really cool and exciting and a little scary. But anyway, so we ended the park. There's some food there. There's some drinks there. And I'm going to interview Jordan and Val uh, a little bit later. But the first 35, 40 minutes I was there was just getting to talk to athletes, take pictures with athletes, shake hands with athletes, high five with athletes, answer questions with athletes, which is my favorite part of every trip I go on. It's getting to meet all of you. It's getting to talk to all of you. It's getting to take some pictures with all of you and hopefully answer any questions you might have. And it also lets me say thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of your running journey because I mean it. It's not just something I write. It's not just something I say. It's something I mean. So that was that was a lot of fun. And obviously the Q&A was a really good time at the shakeout run. 
And you know what I just realized? Actually, I got in on Thursday. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. There's, there's a whole bunch of different activities that took place, and they couldn't have taken place on Saturday because I know what I did Saturday, and Sunday was race day. So I actually got in Thursday and did that Q&A with Val and Joan Benoit Samuelson because the next day I ended up going to the Expo and visiting the Nike spot at the Expo and walking around and meeting participants in the marathon and people that were there supporting family and friends and teammates. So I was there for maybe about two hours meeting with people and talking to some of the, we call um, everyone who works at a Nike store an athlete. They're called store athletes. So I was, that's also one of my favorite parts of these trips is I actually get to go and meet with the store athletes and really just tell them thank you for what they do because what they do is really important. I mean, they're the ones that are there to answer questions about the gear, the apparel, the shoes, um, about your training, direct you in the right place if you're looking for more information. And they're invested in every athlete that walks through that front door with the hopes that when they leave, they're slightly better for having come in. So I just wanted to say thank you to them. And after the expo, I then um, got to visit the Nike Chicago offices um, and meet with some of the team there about something we were going to do on Saturday after the shakeout run. Then I went, and no joke, I went back to the same Italian restaurant and had spaghetti and meatballs again. I had to eat it really quickly because I had to haul all the way back to the Nike Chicago store actually the Nike members running lab and do another Q and a. So this time I had to do a Q and a with three extraordinary athletes. It was Jordan, formerly Hasse, now Hogan, Val Constein, and Nell Rojas. So Nell had won the grandma's marathon. And, you know, so now we have three truly badass athletes. And I got to tell you, it was so much fun. Uh, we went completely off script because the crowd kind of made us go off script. There was just questions when there weren't supposed to be questions. So it just, it just went, everyone was going rogue, which is like my favorite kind of setup. So a lot of laughing, a lot of good time. All three of them were so gracious with their time. And then again, afterwards, I got to hang out with all of you. I got to hang out with runners. I got to hang out with athletes. I got to answer questions, shake hands, give hugs, give high fives. It was fantastic. Yeah, so now we can actually go back to what was next, which was Saturday and the shakeout run. And then after that, I had to film some stuff with um, the team from Korea. Um, a little bit more on that later, which was a blast. But that went for about four hours. And then I went back and I put on my computer because my daughter, my youngest, was racing a cross-country meet up in Washington State. So I got to watch that on Runnerspace, which is a wonderful website that you should check out so you can be the running geek you want to be. So they've got lots of races that are streamed. They do a great job covering cross-country and track and field at the high school, collegiate, and elite levels. So check out Runnerspace.com. I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well. And then I just wasted time. I think I was supposed to do something else, but I, I just kind of fell asleep. And then, yeah, and then at some point you just fall apart, and I fell apart. So I, I remember thinking at one point, like, I think there's football on TV, and I just didn't care. And I was looking at a book that I had brought. I actually brought two books. Actually, I brought three books. 
looked at all those and said, I'm not going to open up those either. So anyway, that was Saturday and Sunday. Let's talk about Sunday. Sunday was amazing. It dawned overcast and not raining though, not raining, but overcast and cool, which is fantastic if you're a marathoner. If you're a spectator, as long as you're dressed the right way, you're fine. And I was. I had a really thick hoodie underneath my jacket, so I was ready to rock and roll. The excitement at the starting line is what I just want to talk about real quick. So on my way to the starting line, it was really nice. I got to see a whole bunch of you on the way there, give you some high fives, tell you how badass you were, take a few pictures, and then I get to the starting line, and wave after wave after wave of athletes are heading to the starting line. They call you up by your corral, and it's really an amazing and powerful thing to see because you see tens of thousands of people all heading to the same starting line, all with very unique reasons for being there, all with different journeys to get there, and yet all moving together. You know, there, there's, there's bumping, but there's no shoving. And then when you hear the horn and it's time to run and the cheering and the euphoria and the crying and just the smiles and the joy, the nervousness, it's all of it comes together. We just think this is utterly beautiful. It's so beautiful to just see hundreds and then thousands and then eventually tens of thousands of people just make their way by you to cross a starting line to try and cover 42.2K. It's amazing. I love it. It was great. And then fast forward, not that much because Calvin Kiptum won the men's race in a world record Two hours, 35 seconds. I'm going to say it again. Two hours, 35 seconds. Breaking Elliot Kipchoge's world record. Absolutely, positively, unbelievably epic. But it's not unbelievable anymore. It's believable. Calvin Kiptum, who's 23 years old, ran two hours and 35 seconds bananas absolutely bananas and then in the greatest women's marathon in history because of the depth because the amount of women that were running such extraordinary times at the front of that pack Safan Hassan 2 hours 13 minutes 44 seconds that if the world record hadn't been destroyed 2 weeks earlier Safan Hassan would have the world record. Instead, she has the second fastest time ever. Now, Safan Hassan also spends the year racing on the track. So she is new to the marathon. I think this is her second marathon. She won London, and now she's come back and run 2.13 in her second marathon ever. But she runs the 5 and the 10 and the 1500 all summer long. I mean, you could make the case that right now we've got Faith Kipyagin, who on the track, middle distance races, 5K, 1500 mile, had the greatest middle distance season in history. And then Safan Hassan in the 5K, the 10K, and the marathon conceivably had the greatest distance season in history. I mean, this truly is 
the glory days of distance running. So I'll put up some links to both Kelvin Kiptum and Safan Hassan because you should nerd out. Now you want to hear something. It's not sad. It's just, you know, kind of like, oh, I had to leave before either one of them crossed the finish line. So I think there were about 20 minutes to go in the men's race. And I had to leave, get to my hotel, grab my stuff, and then go find a ride, which took 30 plus minutes to find an Uber that could get to me. And eventually no Uber got to me. So I had to get a yellow cab that was just luckily driving by and then share the cab with a couple that also had to get to O'Hare. So it was kind of crazy, but long story short, I missed both athletes crossing the finish line. Yeah, let that soak in. I was there, and everyone's like, what was that like to see? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't see it. I feel like I heard it, but that could have just been my mind playing tricks on me because at that point I was many, many blocks away trying to find a ride. But, yeah, I missed it. But it looked really cool online. Anyway, I planned that really poorly, but I had to get home. So, ugh. All right. You ready to get into this episode? I mean, I really just talked and gave you play-by-play of Chicago, but my point is if you have a chance to run a marathon in a major city or a small city or a town, there are elements of everything I told you to be found. Just positivity, great people, incredible supporters, wonderful crowds, terrific volunteers, and some good Italian food, I hope. By the way, I had spaghetti meatballs three different times. That's right. Three different times. Thursday night, Friday early evening, Saturday evening. Three nights. Rock and roll. It was so good. The name of the place, I believe, was Pisano's. I'm going to put a link to that too. And they were all very nice. They were busy and they were super nice. And if you're traveling alone like I was, um, They get very busy during marathon weekend, but there was always a spot open at the bar. So I just sat at the bar and ate my spaghetti and meatballs and had a great time. So let's get into this episode. And this episode is just some great running advice. That's all it is. I'm just going to give you some great running advice. I'm not saying this is the best running advice I have because I have lots of great running advice. It's just some of the best running advice that I've got. And it's not that I don't have more because I've got way, way more. But if we can have a some great running advice podcast, then I can have a some more great running advice podcast episode edition. And I can have even more great running advice. So this can be something that just continues and goes on and maybe every like you know 15 20 episodes i just give you some more advice i just kind of drip it out there so are you ready for the first piece of great running advice i think you are and if you're not then you should have just pressed pause i mean what's wrong with you you have the ability to press pause take advantage of it all right okay Enough of that. So let's start with that first piece of advice. Drum roll, please. And I don't have an actual drum roll. So you do that on your own time. Strength work leads to strong running. Did you hear that? Strength work leads to strong running. And now, yes, running leads to strong running. Don't get me wrong. Okay, you got to run. But if you want to get the best kind of strong running... You need to be stronger than you're running, and that means two things. You need to be, as a runner, stronger than the running you're doing. But also, as an athlete, you need to be stronger than the run you're doing. Now, here's the cool thing. 
Most people, when I bring up strength work, think they've got to go and sign up to go be a part of a gym. No, if you're not doing strength work, guess what you need? A floor and your body. That's it. And this is the cool thing. You can't tell me you don't have those things. You've got a floor and you've got a body. Now, if I start saying things like you need resistance bands and you need a weight bench and you need some dumbbells and, you know, like suddenly it's like I don't have these things and now you've got this excuse to not do the work. Well, guess what? I know you got a floor and I know you're on it right now. Mm -hmm. In some way you are connected to the floor. Yes, you are. And if you weren't when I said it, you are now because nobody's got hops that can last for that long. You're coming back down to the ground. Gravity always wins. So you've got a floor and I know you got a body. You're not like just some wispy soul listening to me. You may have a wispy soul inside, but right now you've got a body. Okay. That vessel that carries you around and all you need to do is take advantage of that vessel you call a body, the ground, and gravity. I'll give you an example. It's usually dudes, and they say, hey, um, how much bench press should I do? And I go, I, like, what? Bench press? Can you even do a push-up? Because I'll tell you what, start with push-ups. Learn how to do great push-ups. Learn how to do consistently great form-wise and technique-wise, push-ups. Play with the different types of push-ups you do. You can put your arms out. You can put your hands wide. You can bring them in close, like where you have your elbows up against your rib cage when you're doing it, so it's a nice and tight push-up. You can go slow on the way up, and then slow bringing it back down. There are all sorts of different push-ups you can do where you're strengthening yourself. But until you can master the push-up, until you can master the different types of push-ups, you don't need to get on the bench. I know it seems like a cool thing to do, and it is, but you don't need to do it. Especially early on, you shouldn't do it. You should focus on doing great push-ups, okay? I'm gonna tell you a couple other things that you can put into your you know, list of exercises to do to become a stronger athlete okay you can do wall sits you can do lunges and i'll tell you what when you do lunges backward lunges are best all right and the reason why it's really hard to screw up your form on a backward lunge a lot of times i see people do lunges and their knee is so far in front of their ankle on their front leg all of the stress is on your knee it's supposed to be on your quad, your quadricep, four muscles, which help stabilize your knee. So if you can get stronger quads, there's all sorts of great things that the quad will do to help your running. But one of the things it does, it acts as like an insurance policy on your knee. It makes it harder for you to have knee issues. I'm not saying it's going to make sure you don't have knee issues, but it will make it harder for you to have knee issues. So anything that's working on your quad is going to help which is fantastic and you don't need some machine where you sit down and you're putting in you know, a little stick to figure out is it 60 pounds or is it 20 kilos? What are you doing? All you need to do are lunges and wall sets. That's it. How great is that? Do you know that when you do a plank, you don't need any machinery other than the machine that is you? That's right. Just a simple plank. 
And a simple plank can mean a couple of things. It can mean, you know, a lot of people do it with their, you know, arms and elbows on the ground and their hands kind of almost like, you know, either in fists in front of them or, you know, they're resting it almost like where they're, they're, they've got their, you know, hands together linked. That's fine. Whatever you want to do for a normal plank. You can also do it as if you're doing like a push-up, but you're at full extension with your arms straight out, okay? So you're just doing a push-up, but you don't go down. And you lock in that position. And what you want to do is make sure you've got good form. So ideally, you're doing this next to a mirror. So your back isn't arched up or it's not, you know, breaking down and turning into a U because you're allowing that midsection to collapse. What you want is a nice, stiff wooden board, okay? You want to bring that belly button basically back to your spine. You want to lock in that core. And I'll tell you what having a great, strong core does. It helps keep your form together when you're fatigued and when you're fatigued when your form breaks down you just slow down not because of fitness you slow down because of your form so even though it's difficult there's nothing i can do to stop that i mean sometimes running's hard but you don't need to be running slower when it's hard like wouldn't you rather say hey this is worth the struggle like i'm still running really well great keep your form together if you watch the great runners run it's not that they're not struggling. Of course they're struggling. They're just also making sure they don't slow down more than they need to when they struggle. And that's why they always look like they're so consistently good. Because when they do struggle, they keep it together. And one of the ways you can do that is just by doing planks, things like that. And there's other things I can tell you to do that I really like to do. There's hip flexor exercises. You don't need any weights. You don't need to be in a gym. There's there's calf raises, there's hip flexor exercises, there's something I call flamingos, which works on lower leg strength, there's ABCs you can do with your feet. These are all exercises that I can show you in videos that I'll put up. I just need enough people to say, dude, put up the videos and I'll do it. But my point is you don't need to go anywhere and you don't need to bring anything to do these exercises. Like I said, you need a floor and you need a body. Okay, who wants some more great advice? Because what I just told you is really great advice, all right? Strength work, it's great advice. I'm going to give you some more great advice. Okay, mix things up. You've heard me say this. I'm going to just spend a little bit of time here saying it because it's a really important thing. Mix things up. Don't equate consistency with constantly, okay? Don't do that. You can fall into that trap. And you know what else can happen? You can get into a good groove in running where you're heading out the door, you're running consistently, and that groove, if you're not mixing things up, can turn into a rut. It's true. You start running the same thing, the same time, the same pace, the same effort every single day. It just gets boring. And you start to blame the running instead of the runner. Allow yourself to have the freedom to mix things up, especially when you feel like you're getting bored with your running, especially when you feel like things are getting stale. Mix things up. Diversity is one of your best friends when it comes to training. You want to be changing the time of day that you're running, if you can. You want to be changing who you're running with, if you can, because a lot of times people just run with themselves. Run with different people. It's a lot of fun. You want to be changing the terrain because different terrains ask different things from you. You want to run a gnarly trail. It's asking different things from you than a road. You do track work. That's very different than doing a tempo run on the boardwalk. 
it's going to challenge you in different ways, not just physically, but also mentally, which keeps you sharp and it keeps you alive. And it also awakens all the different types of runners that you have inside you because you have different runners inside you. You've got the long distance runner. You've got the sprinter. You've got the trail runner. You've got the track runner. You have all these different runners inside you. Let them play. Let them come out and have some fun. And I'll tell you what, all of these different types of runners help you become a complete runner. Don't ignore any of them. And you have the capability to be any of them already inside you. You just got to let them come out and play. All right? So mix things up. That's some great advice, I got to tell you. All right. Recovery leads to better running. Yes, better running leads to better running, but how do you get to better running? Well, one way you get to better running is you make sure that you recover as best as you can from the running that you're doing because if you can recover as best as you can from the running that you're doing, the next run you do is going to be better than it would have been if you did not recover as best as you could have. Do you see what I'm saying? Recovery leads to better running. That is absolutely, positively something essential you need to know and you need to embrace. What does recovery entail? Well, a couple of things. I'll start at one of the things that I know you're doing. I just don't know whether you're doing it well, and that's sleeping. Better sleeping leads to better running. I've gone into it before. I've written about it. Just check out the newsletter. I think I've even talked about it in previous podcast episodes. I can even have a sleep-only episode if we want. You just got to let me know. But better sleeping leads to better recovery. Better recovery leads to better running. Fueling yourself, also known as eating. Yes, focus on what's coming in. Don't focus on what you're leaving off your plate. I don't, I don't want to hear about that. I want to hear about what's coming in. I want you to eat. Runners should look at eating as not just something that's fueling their running. It should be something that's enjoyable. It's a part of their um, community aspect of their life where they can get together with people and just enjoy food. And believe me, if you're enjoying what you're eating, it's going to fuel you so you can recover better, so you can run better. And if you run better, you're going to be making choices about what you're eating that are going to help you even recover better than you were recovering already from eating. So don't focus on what you're not doing. Don't focus on what you're choosing not to eat. Forget that stuff. No one's ever run well because of what they've not eaten. People run well because of what they have eaten. So fueling and hydrating. There's another one. Do you know that in the summer, it's not hard to convince people they need to drink more? And I'll tell you why. Because it's around them all the time and they associate sweating and heat with needing to drink. But in the winter, people don't drink enough. And what they don't realize is that cold air is dry air. What they don't realize is that when they're done with a run in the cold, your body only focuses on one thing at a time. And it's focusing on, I need to warm up. But what it's not focusing on is, I'm really thirsty. In the summer, that's what your body would be thinking about. Of, I'm thirsty, I need to get fluids, and I need to cool off because you're associating cooling off with water. I need to get water on me. I need to get water in me. But for whatever reason, we have this disconnect in the winter months where people don't drink enough. And there's a drop in performance for every percentage point of dehydration. So you are not performing as well as you could. You are not performing as great as you can be if you're dehydrated. 
you need to drink enough fluids, okay? And don't think like it has to be water. All, no, I mean like it's it. I, I mean for me, a lot of times after a run, the number one thing I want is an ice cold can of Coke. And guess what? It hydrates me just as quickly as a water does. So get some fluids inside you, okay? Yes, you can drink water throughout the day, and you should be drinking lots of water throughout the day, but that doesn't mean you're cutting out all of the other things in your life. You can have those other drinks because you need to stay hydrated, okay? The other thing that I'm going to throw in here is stress. Stress, the wrong kind of stress, not positive stress, like a run is stress. The wrong kind of stress will hamper your ability to recover, the wrong kind of stress will limit the amount you will recover. The wrong kind of stress can lead to sickness, breakdowns in your immune system, and even injury. So you have to make sure you're paying attention to the amount of stress in your life if you want to run better. You're going to have to learn how to deal with the stress in your life because everyone has stress in their life. How do you deal with it as healthily as possible? so you can be as great as you can be. And that may mean you need to cut certain people out of your life. It may mean you need to bring certain people into your life. It may also mean you need to invite people into your life to help you navigate this part of your life. The stress, the issue that you're having, the problem that you're dealing with, the challenge you're taking on. It is an absolute sign of strength to ask for help. And if you can get help dealing with the stress in your life, you're only going to get stronger. And you're going to recover better. And if you recover better, you're going to run better. So boom, there you go. So there's a couple of things to think about there. Okay, I've only got a couple more here because remember, I'm not giving you everything. I'm not giving you everything. I'm giving you some good stuff, but I'm not giving you everything. And you can press pause and you can write stuff down and do all that stuff. But the point is, this isn't an exhaustive list. This podcast would go on forever. I've got a lot of good stuff, okay? But you've heard me say this before, but I'm saying it again. Easy is an effort. Easy is not a pace. I had to go over this quite a bit on the shakeout run before the Chicago Marathon. I had to do it on Tuesday because I had an event with some athletes at Nike where I had to send them out on a couple of different types of runs, and I repeated it there. And then I went and did another event this morning, at uh, Nike WHQ, and I had to repeat this once again to people. It is not the numbers on your watch. Easy is an effort. The numbers hopefully represent the correct effort. But if you're leading with the numbers, sometimes they can run you down the wrong trail. Sometimes it's not taking into account the fact that you're overtired from lack of sleep or dealing with some of that stress or a hard workout yesterday. So the numbers that worked two days ago don't work today because of what happened yesterday. So what you need to do is lead with effort and they will guide you to the right numbers on your watch or your phone. But don't lead with the numbers because that does not mean they're gonna lead you to the correct effort. So remember, easy is an effort, not a pace. And the other thing to do with this is to remember that, that, that line that I throw at you all the time, that every run has a purpose. Think about what the purpose of the run is. If the purpose of the run, like a temple run, is to be uncomfortable, then when you're uncomfortable, that's not an excuse to beat yourself up and say you're not having a great workout. It's your excuse to say, I'm nailing the workout because I'm uncomfortable. It's the same thing with an easy run. If the easy run is hard and difficult and you feel like you're running like, a tempo run, this is where you go back to the purpose of the run and say it's an easy run. 
I need to back off. It's a sign of strength to do the right thing. So you have to just marry some of these topics. And easy is an effort, not a pace, is married to every run has a purpose. It's a way to bring you back to doing the right thing. And like I said, doing the right thing is never a sign of weakness. It's always a sign of strength. So remember, easy is an effort and not a pace. Okay, I'm going to give you one more for this episode because we've got the mailbag to do. And then I got to get you out of here. You've got things to do. I know that. So the last one is be serious about the fun and have fun being serious. I'm going to say it again. Be serious about the fun and have fun being serious. First of all, running is a, is, is a form of play. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a good time. It's supposed to be an excuse for you to go out and really do the first thing you probably ever did on your own that you had worked towards, your first real goal, which was I'm going to lift my head so I can get up on my arms so I can learn how to get up on my hands and my knees, so I can then crawl around to build the strength so that I can stand up, so I can have the strength to toddle around and walk. But what I really want to do is I want to run my ass off. Like that was your first kick-ass, badass goal, which was to get up and run, okay? And it was fun. You had these wide eyes and you were smiling. Believe me, that's what every kid looks like when they are running. They are out of control in the best possible way. It's fun. It's play. Don't forget that, especially when you take on a big challenge and it gets serious. But have fun being serious. It's fun to be passionate about something. It should be fun to be serious about something. It should be fun to care about something so much in your life that you're willing to say, I'm going to stay in this night because I want to be ready for this tomorrow. Or I'm going to get more sleep, more recovery, work on my strength. I'm going to be a better teammate to myself because this matters so much to me. I'll do the hardest thing I know of, which is be kind to myself. Like that's that's huge. But you can have both of those things. They should work together. You should be serious about the fun and you should have fun being serious. Both of those things not only can coexist, they should coexist and they should feed each other. You should be making sure that every day you're reminding yourself this is supposed to be fun and that this matters to you and you are focused on it and you're serious about it and you're having fun being serious about this thing. Like that's, they should work together. So there you go. There's my, there's my great advice for you. You know, started with strength work leads to stronger running. I talked to you about how important recovery is. I told you to mix things up. I told you that easy is an effort and not a pace. And then lastly, I said, be serious about the fun and have fun being serious. I mean, that's, I gotta say, that's some good advice. Dare I say, great advice. And luckily for me, because I want to do more of these podcasts, I've got more advice. So if you liked this episode, if you want more of this, you got to reach out and tell me, okay? Now I'll tell you what, I think the coolest place to let me know is by giving a review. This is my way of basically trying to convince you to do a review to basically say, hey, this was so good. Five stars, right? Let's do it. Five stars. It's out of five stars. Give me five stars if you think I deserve it, okay? And then leave a review and say, hey, really liked this episode. I want more. Give us another one. Give us that some more 
great running advice episode. And guess what? I'll do it because I'm a sucker to that stuff. Like you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it because I want you to be happy and then I'm happy and then you're running better because you're happy and happier people make happier runners. Happier runners make the world a happier place and then that's the world I'm living in and that's the kind of world I want to live in. So there we go. All right. Are you ready for the mailbag? I, th- I feel like you're ready for the mailbag, and we're going to do it. So <clears throat> let's go. First of all, I got to say compliments to Aaron Savala from the Woodlands, Texas. Okay, by the way, great running community in Woodlands, Texas. Famous running community. Their high school is one of the great uh, running programs in U.S. history on the boys' and the girls' side. But um, Aaron writes... Um, first wants, uh, says, hi coach. Okay. She writes, hi coach. I first wanted to thank you for all your NRC app coaching and guided runs. I never thought in a million years that I would enjoy running, but thanks to you. I love it. And I completed my first marathon this past March. That's fantastic. Congratulations, Aaron. That is totally badass. Okay. She goes on to write anyways. My question is how do you get back into running after you have accomplished a big goal? I find I run best and am most consistent when I have something I am training for. It's now 100 degrees in Houston, and my next big race is not until January, so I'll start training in about a month. But how do you find the motivation when there's no upcoming goal? That is a great question. Okay, Aaron, let me just tell you this. You mentioned the fact that I have that article, How to Train for Nothing at All. I think what you need to do is think about first, and this is a little bit of a thought exercise, all of the great things that come from running for you like, and, and running for a goal. I mean, think about it, but don't, don't just think about the achievement of the goal. Think about all the things that come with training for that goal, the confidence, um, the excitement, the challenge, um, that feeling you get when you finish a tough run, that feeling you get when you finish an easy run. Maybe it's the community aspect. I want you to think of all of those different things that you get out of running on your way to achieving this goal. But if you really break it down, what you're going to realize is that these things are great in and of themselves. Remove the marathon from the equation. These things are incredible. Getting to run with your tribe of friends family or teammates, challenging yourself, exploring new parts of your town or someone else's town or your city or a totally different city on travel, the ability to see yourself growing in so many different ways. Like none of this has to do with the marathon that you trained for. And yet, of course, all of it does. But when you're not training for a marathon, you can still experience all of these things. So what I want you to do is just have a little thought exercise, think about it, and write down all of the great things that running gives you. But don't mention the race. Don't mention that final goal. Just talk about individual runs, the act of running, the movement of running, the feel of running, the spirit of running. What does it give you? And I think you're going to have your answer for how you train for nothing at all. And you'll realize The training for nothing at all is something else, isn't it? Okay? All right. Now, thank you for that. That was great. Texas on the map for the mailbag for Coach Bennett's podcast. Now, one of the most popular parts of the 
Now, one of the most popular parts of Coach Ben's podcast is fairly new. I think we're only on like our third episode of doing it, but the feedback has been actually, I'm kind of jealous of it, but I'm going to work on that. But I bring in the other Coach Bennett, the better Coach Bennett, Coach Bennett the Greater, Tammy, Mindset Coach Extraordinaire of the Show Up Society, and she gives us a Mindset Minute. So basically, I'm going to let her bring this one home with her Mindset Minute, and then I'll wrap up, and it'll be time to say goodbye. So without any further ado, since this was about just great advice, I told her, you have free reign. Just You can do whatever you want for the Mindset Minute. Whatever you want to talk about, you talk about you're in charge. You're the coach Bennett they want to hear for this minute and probably more. So rock and roll. Take it away, Coach Tammy. I'm going to give you a little challenge that you can do that will help your mindset. And it's going to take less than a minute a day. This is something that I assign to many of my clients and it is called the did it list. It's so much more fun than a to do list. So before you go to bed, I want you to write down one thing that you did that day, something that you accomplished, something that you overcame, or something that you learned, something that you did, even though you didn't want to do it, something that you're afraid of, but you did it anyway. But I want you to write down something that you did. See, get it? A did it list rather than a to do list. The reason this is so important is because so many of us humans forget to take time to celebrate what we have accomplished because we're always looking ahead at what we haven't done. And I think it's really important to take that minute before your head hits the pillow to reflect on your day and to notice that you did do something and you did do it well. So get on that did it list and you'll be feeling accomplished in no time. And that was another great mindset minute with Coach Tammy. Coach, thank you for that. I'm going to give that a go tonight. And in fact, I'm going to put it on my to-do list so then I can actually do it tonight and bump it over to my did it list. So thank you. I hope everyone takes advantage of that today. What a great way to end your day to actually celebrate something you've done as opposed to beat yourself up for something you haven't. All right, that's the show, episode 19. Thank you for listening. And guess what? That means next week is big number 20. That's right, the 20th episode. So if you're going to give me a gift, how about this? You could either send something to the mailbag. Details for that address are in the show notes. Or... You can share this podcast with some friends, family, teammates. And if you do share it with friends, family, and teammates, just tag me. It's on social media. And I'll thank you for sharing it with friends, family, and teammates. You could rate the show, review the show. There's all sorts of things. You could follow or subscribe on any of the platforms that host the podcast. There's a lot of stuff you could do for our 20th anniversary of Coach Bennett's podcast. And obviously by 20th anniversary, I mean 20th show. Whatever, it all sounds good. So until that 20th episode, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter, as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook and 
Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today, you'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.